This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance and I'm Wong Xiaoning. Whether you're going to the grocery store or to the gas station, it just seems like everything is costing more and it's not your imagination. Because even though inflation has reached below 2% in September, prices for many things have increased substantially over the years. And with target subsidies and price controls waning off, starting with chicken and maybe petrol later next year, how can you make your budget for your household last longer? And what does it take really just to make ends meet? Joining me to discuss this is Felix Neo, Director of Financial Planning, Fin Wealth Management. Good morning, Felix. Thanks for joining us. Now, I'm sure from your conversations with your many clients, have they come to you and said, look, you know, Felix, things have gone up a lot and whether that has impacted their ability to budget for things? Morning, Shaolin. Yeah, I mean... It's not surprising, I would say, that uh, we see the way that uh, prices have actually gone up, right? And you are right, this makes uh, budgeting difficult. Uh, this uh, makes, uh, you know, assumptions on uh, the amount that one can save, uh, you know, it's now less mm. than before. And we have actually seen, you know, for those who are able to save now, they are actually, they need to revisit their numbers and they might have to reduce the amounts that they are saving on a monthly basis. Uh, we have quite a number of our clients who are actually putting, uh, you know, what we call the regular savings plans uh, into investments and all that. And they've had to, they've had to actually, uh, you know, reduce it. It's the time of the year for us to, you know, help our customers, you know, optimize their tax reliefs and all that. So PRS, for example, is one of those things that we try and do at this time of the year. And some of our clients have actually had to delay uh, doing it or they can't take full advantage of the 3000 tax relief. So these are some of the things that we are observing now. Okay, so exactly like you say, you know, we're almost towards the end of the year. Maybe it's also a good time then to really look at budgets, right? This is the first step when you feel that you really need to stretch your ringgit even further. So let's say I'm new to this and I realize, oh, things have really gone up. Chicken has gone up. Rice has gone up. Eating out definitely has gone up. So what's the first step to making my budget work for me? Do I have to do a little bit of detective work? to maybe even monitor what I've been spending on and maybe to even observe what are the biggest changes. Is that the first step? You want to start somewhere and the place that you should be starting is, you know, with some basic, uh, you know, budgeting, for example, tracking the finances, right? So if you don't know, you know, where your monies are going, then it's actually not possible for you to know whether it's a fair amount or is it too much or is it too little, you know, you don't even know what to go and cut. So you definitely need to do that bit of homework, right? Uh, determining what are the large items. Is it a fair amount or is it uh, too much? Are there so-called avenues for you to cut some fat, perhaps finding alternatives and all that, right? And once you've got that down, right? And once you've made whatever adjustments on paper, then the, the question is, can you be disciplined uh, about it? You know, so-called following those uh, adjustments that you've actually made. Right. And one of the things that we have come to recognize is uh, things might look fine on paper, but the reality is different simply because of the way people are spending. Right. It's just so easy to spend using credit cards or, you know, your, your wallets e and what have you. Right. And, and then sometimes, uh, you know, for someone like me, I've actually set up in such a way that once the e wallet goes below a certain amount, then there is the automatic top up 
from the credit card. It's convenient, but it's not great for managing money. Right? Yeah. So when you spend in this way, there is a very high chance of us, you know, blowing our budgets, right? So if I think if, uh, you know, one is in that kind of uh, situation, then you might actually have to adopt uh, the, the traditional envelope system or you cash. can call it the, yeah, the, yeah, or use cash or, or, you know, have segregated accounts, for example, right? Def uh, different accounts for different things. And once the money goes out, then you know it's time for you to hold back. Yeah. So if I look at budgets, right, and I, you know, I want to create, like you say, to know where am I spending on so that I have a baseline. Is it important for me to then also categorize my spending into groups so that I know what is almost essential and non-essential, like discretionary, right? So yeah. suppose essential would be, you know, my healthcare costs, utility costs, any loan, car loan, housing loan, food. And then discretionary could be things like holidays, ad hoc spending, like going out with friends, clothing. Is it a, a, a smart way to do it like that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the way we put it, I mean, you put it, you put it perfectly, right? The way we normally put it is, you know, trying to distinct between which are needs versus the ones, right? The needs, you can't really get away with it, right? Uh, for example, the loan repayments, you know, it's going to be that or even more, right? If you're talking about variable uh, rate of loans, you know, be, uh, you know, we have actually seen a few rounds of uh, uh, love letters from the bank asking us to pay that little bit more, right? Utilities, mobile phone, phone plans, for example, those are fairly fixed, right? But the variables, right? Things that we perhaps are spending for a little bit of pleasure or immediate enjoyment, uh, then the question becomes, you know, uh, am I able to hold back a little bit of those, right? Mm. So, so if we take, for example, uh, you know, where where are the areas that we can actually consider trimming? Uh, you know, eating out is really turning out to be a luxury of of sorts, lah. Right? Uh, even for the simplest hawker food, right? You'll be paying over ten ringgit. So, so the question is, okay, if you don't, if you're not able to go, then instead of eating out, where you will incur the service tax the SSD and all that kind of things, perhaps, you know, should you be taking away, right? Mm. So it's it's looking for this type of uh, so-called uh, ways to kind of trim uh, one's expenses, I would say. Okay, so Felix, at the same time, you mentioned um, that interest rates have been on the rise. So for many of us, our loan payments have crept up, right? Um, because overnight policy rate now stands at 3%. And there is the possibility that interest rates continue to rise. Either way, should we relook and strategize on how to pay our loans off or what kind of loans pay off first? Because yeah. housing loan could be just one. We could have some fixed loans like credit card. We might have an auto loan, for example, or personal loan. What do you recommend to your clients and what are the options available? Yeah. So I would say that when you're talking about loans and credit, uh, one way of thinking about it is trying to split between what we call the good loans, if, if there is such a thing, a good loan and a so-called bad loan, right? So a good loan potentially could be one that is actually taken, right? You take the loan to so-called buy something that has a potential to increase in value. So I just generally call that a good loan, right? So it would probably be a house, most likely. Yeah, mortgage, right? The house, the roof over your head, right? So things like that, you know, you need it. And it is into an asset that is actually has the potential of increasing. A bad loan is usually very much consumption driven, right? Uh, you know, you might have to take a personal loan because you have got some cash flow issues and all that. Or if you're taking a very large uh, kind of a loan, 
and putting it into a depreciating assets. Again, not everybody will agree with that uh, definition, but perhaps the four wheel you know, that we drive uh, you know, could be one of those, right? By understanding that, then you will get an idea in terms of you know, what are the expense or the costs, I would say, right? The interest expense, because they tend to be a little bit different, right? The, the personal loans and all that tends to be a little bit higher in terms of interest. The credit card debt also tends to be a little bit higher. So if you are able to so-called uh, put aside a little bit of uh, excess money, right, then you want to start paying off loans. So you need to look and see which are the ones that will benefit. So if you look at, uh, you know, paying down loans that are on a reducing balance, uh, you know, kind of mode. So example, the mortgage and all that, are uh, these will help you save some interest. Whereas if you are trying to pay off or pay more on fixed rate loans, you know, like your car loans and all that, it doesn't really work uh, for that, right? So, so th those are not good examples, right? But when it comes to, to paying off debt, I would say that you have to look and list down all the debt that you have and what kind of rates. PTPTM, for example, if I'm not, if I remember correctly, it's at 1%. Yeah, but you should still so pay for sure. You definitely have to pay the 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 so, but you might not need to pay it off unless, of course, your intention is to take to take advantage of the government incentive. Again, when it comes to to talking about uh, paying debt and all that, then uh, you know you could either use there there are two ways la, that you can actually use. One is uh, so called paying the most expensive debt off first. Mm. Right? So that tends to be called the debt avalanche so called method, right? But some people need quick wins, right? So if you want to go for quick win approach to gain, uh, you know, some kind of confidence and motivation, right, on paying off the uh, debt, then basically you start off with the smallest debt first. Uh, if you ask me if you want to pay off loans, the, the roof over our heads, you know, tends to give some kind of uh, psychological uh, peace of mind, you know, that if you have it paid off and all that. So I, I would say there are people who will say that, you know, hey, if you can use your money and get a better return on investment, why pay down uh, the, the mortgage? But I would say that there is some benefits if you if you wish to, you know, be debt-free for your home, right? Uh, that, that could be something that you can still consider, right? Provided you, you're quite certain that your return on investment will exceed Right. Correct. The, yeah. Yeah. The, what that, about, the balancing act there. Exactly. But one of the things that I would tell people is actually don't take out your EPF money la for mm. the purpose of paying down the, the mortgage. Uh, simply because dividend rates from EPF has actually been quite good and often higher than the interest expense. La, right? Yes. Uh yeah. So so that's something to consider as well. I've been speaking to Philip Sneo, Felix Neo, Director of Financial Planning, Fin Wealth Management. We'll be taking a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Wong Xiaoning. Today, we're discussing how you can fight inflation with your household budget. Joining me to discuss this is Felix Neo, Director of Financial Planning at Thin Wealth Management. Felix, earlier we discussed the importance of budgeting, what loans to consider paying off. At the same time, Felix, if you really can't adjust your cost, should the next part of the equation be considering increasing your income? But it's not that easy, right? Yeah. So definitely, you know, sometimes the math is just too simple, right? Mm. It's either you spend less or you, you, you earn more, right? That, that is actually 
how simple it's supposed to be, right? So one way I would say is if you are aware of so-called the market rate of someone with your skills and all that in the similar kind of an industry, and if you find that you're perhaps slightly underpaid, then one way is to negotiate uh, with your employer. Because, you know, as the saying goes, if the employer doesn't pay you, the market will, right? So perhaps uh, given that it's coming to a year end, perhaps that's something that you can actually do, right? Uh, the second I would say is uh, if you want to position yourself or request for that, that increment, right, or that promotion, right, one of the things that you have to do is also to invest in yourself uh, in the sense that, you know, perhaps you undergo whatever required trainings, take on some new qualifications, gain some experience to position yourself to take on more responsibilities at work, right? Because Upskill. obviously, yeah, upskilling, right? Obviously, the employer is not just going to give you just because you ask for it, right? But if, showed, if you have shown uh, an ability, right, to take on those additional tasks and, you know, uh, you've got a good uh, you know, performance review and all that, then uh, that will help you. Now, I mean, we've all just come out of COVID lockdowns and what have you. So one of the things that, you know, was, uh, uh, you know, very popular was taking on gigs and all that kind of things, right? Filling the spare time, right? I think at the end of the day, uh, most people still have a little bit of spare time that they could use towards, uh, you know, some other avenues of earning some income, right? And I suppose the last thing that I would just say uh, it's not going to be something that is recurring, but if you just think about it, most people have actually gathered a lot of things. Uh, you know, perhaps it's time for that garage sale, you know, to declutter, you know, and to just get rid of unnecessary or unused items. And at the same time, you can make some money out of it. Yeah, exactly. Probably the next question is, what happens if you really do need to uh, readjust things like your retirement goals and the education fund if you have children? Is mm. that something that... You don't like to do, but maybe you you should or you you need to think about it more seriously. At what point should these considerations come into your mind? Yeah, I think when it comes to retirement, you know, for those who, you know, may have thought about this uh, earlier, they would have had some assumptions, oh, I hope to be able to retire by age, for example, 60 and, and what have you, right? Be able to spend how much and all that. Uh, so because... It's, uh, you know, not a, a checklist. You don't just prepare it and then you hope for the best, right? You have to work towards it. So this is a number that you need to crunch over time, right? Uh, not, not just one off, right? So uh, I would say that when you think about retirement, the biggest uh, thing that you want to do or focus on is to try and reduce uh, your drawdown from your retirement assets. Right or the pool that you have accumulated, that that is the key uh, objective. So how can you do that? Perhaps is uh, you know for example taking on some part time work right beyond your so called targeted uh, retirement age. If you are able to take on some part time work, uh, in fact, uh, I've known of quite a number of uh, people who have managed to get uh, contract contract work at their existing employer before retirement, right? Simply because they have all the skills and knowledge about you know how to run. Uh, the business or the work that they have actually been doing. So you take on consultancy role that helps them, you know, again, delay dipping into their retirement funds, right? Yeah. Now, when it comes to education funding, you know, it's back to that same saying, you know, cut your cloth, uh, your coat according to your cloth. You have to be realistic. You know, I do know of quite a number of parents who uh, really want to give uh, the best to their kids, 
right? And very often that could be at the expense of their own retirement security, right? So I would say, you know what? Uh, you might have planned to send your kids overseas and now with the ringgit being the way it is, perhaps it's not uh, a good idea anymore. Uh, fortunately, right, uh, because of the opportunities uh, that have been, uh, you know, created due to experiences of the past, we now have a lot of foreign uh, universities who have set up branches in Malaysia. So I would say that you could still get quite good qualifications and even have an opportunity to spend a semester or a year in the foreign campus. So what I'm saying here is that there are a lot of opportunities nowadays, right, for, for parents compared to our time. And after allocating for the must-haves, the retirement, the education, investing, how does that all fit into the equation when really there's elevated costs? How do you still manage to put away something for that? Yeah, I think when you talk about investing, some people will just say, you know, I, I think I can only do that next year. Uh, you know, I really can't expect, uh, afford it now. Uh, we have actually got some uh, clients who are, you know, business people and they might say, hey, you know what, I don't declare a lot of income and I'd rather do uh, retirement savings on my own. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem with that is when you check with them a year later, two years later, five years later, many of them have actually not started on anything. They like the, they like the idea of you know being able to manage the money and having access on their own, but actually it never gets started, right? So I think uh, you know automating the savings through the likes of EPF and all that is very important, right? Uh, but start somewhere. If it means that you can only save, for example, 50 bucks, 50 ringgit a month, start there. Then what happens is uh, use the opportunity of the annual increment, right? If you're able to sock a little bit away for that, uh, for to increase your investments, right? You should actually do that, right? You now, build of that course, discipline. build that discipline, exactly. It's either we sock away those increments or it will actually add on to our lifestyle inflation. Mm. Because we have actually had quite a number of clients who tell us, you know what, I can't manage the money if I see it in my bank account. Right? I definitely will find a home for it uh, through, I don't know, new handbag, new shoes, uh, and what have you. I mean, it's up your alley, uh, Xiaoning. That's that's your, your, your uh, what do you call it, your thing. <laughs> uh, but... Felix, just wanting to know, so, you know, maybe there are some things where we are not aware of and this comes under Budget 2024. Are there any incentives for households that they can take advantage of? Anything that the government announced? Mm, okay, so uh, while, while I'll share, uh, you know, some list of things that I've observed, uh, it's definitely not con uh, not conclusive, uh, but, but the ones that I've observed is there are some new tax reliefs or increases. Uh, so just look at it. So number one, uh, medical tax reliefs uh, starting next year will now include dental examination, right, and treatment up to one thousand ringgit. So that's a win mm. uh, for for everyone. Expenses on medical treatment, special needs, and uh, career expenses for uh, sorry, career expenses for parents will now be expanded to include full medical examination, right, up to one thousand. Sports equipment and activities. There's a new relief, uh, up to a thousand that would include things like gym memberships sports training fees, you know, charged uh, by registered sport associations and what have you. Uh, even a childcare allowance, I understand it to be increased, uh, you know, up to 3,000. 
starting from next year. So those are all the so-called new or increases that I've observed. Uh, another one is in terms of extensions of tax reliefs. So the EV charging, uh, you know, if you're into EV, I think we are not at the moment, but, uh, you know, if those of what? our listeners are, yeah, I think it's now extended to 2027, 2005 uh, a year for that. PRS, uh, Private Retirement Scheme Contribution Deferred Annuity has been increased. Uh, so extended, I should say, until 2025. Mm. Uh, that will be 3,000. Uh, upskilling, we talked about upskilling earlier. So any courses undertaken for the purpose of upskilling and self-enhancement, uh, that 2000 is now extended to year assessment 2026, right? But I think, uh, you know, since uh, this is a, a, a business station, I think uh, something to mention in terms of so-called new taxes to be aware of will be the capital gains tax on sale of unlisted shares, right? So that's something to be uh, to keep our eyes and ears peeled for details. Yes. On that note, thank you for your time today. Uh, I've been speaking to Felix Neo, Director of Financial Planning, FinWealth Management. Uh, join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10 a.m. News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Wong Xiaoning from The Morning Run, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.